This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Look, we all know from experience, compliance sucks. But what if I told you that there is a better way? Our good friends at Bycheck developed the first ever managed service for SOC 2. Leverage the innovative Bycheck platform and a combined experience of over 30 years from the Bycheck team to complete your SOC 2 examination faster without the headache. The Bycheck team works as an extension of your team to prepare evidence, draft SOC 2 report sections, and provide all the necessary artifacts to your team to then provide to auditors. Reach out to the Bycheck team by dropping down into the show notes and visiting bycheck.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. In this featured episode, we have Jeff Cook, CFO and co-founder of Bycheck. And in this episode, we talk about his background in chess and martial arts and how learnings from those disciplines applies to business and cybersecurity. Let's jump right into this awesome episode. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. In the studio today, we have a special guest. We've brought in Jeff Cook. Jeff is a co-founder and Chief Financial Officer at ByteCheck. Jeff, when we first spoke, I learned how much experience you have as a CPA in audit and compliance. That's actually where some of my weaknesses are. Don't tell anybody. But thank you so much for joining us on the show and welcome. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Glad to be here. Very excited to talk to you guys today and talk a little bit about cybersecurity and lots of other fun stuff. So let's get to it. So, Jeff, your background as a CPA might seem completely different from my background, but we have so much in common. For anyone that doesn't know who you are just yet, we'll love to hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Yeah, for sure. So I started my professional career at a firm that some of your folks might remember was called Arthur Anderson back in the day. So I worked there for a little while out of, out of college, and then the whole Enron thing happened, which turned out at the time was very scary but turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I ended up moving from the New York area down to the Washington, D.C. area, joined up with a regional firm there and worked in public accounting and auditing for over 12 years. And that firm, I still consider like my family. I still talk to a lot of those folks to this day on a regular basis. I still go out to lunch with them, I guess, when we could still go out to lunch, but we'll get back there one day and started an IT audit practice at that firm. And, and that was one thing I was really proud of as I was at that firm was bringing that IT audit practice from nothing into something that actually was functioning. Long story short, though, I ended up moving into a cybersecurity firm to expand on that cybersecurity knowledge a little bit and ended up starting a SOC practice there as well. And with that SOC practice, I was able to get the firm in compliance with there's a lot of standards at the AICPA a lot of rules and regulations. I was able to get that stood up for them. Then we merged in with another cybersecurity firm. That's where I ended up meeting AJ. So AJ and I kind of, we worked together on a lot of SOC engagements there. And we had this idea for Bite Check a while back and ended up coming to fruition in 2020 of all years. 
as far as something that we wanted to pursue and, and move forward with it. So AJ brought his technical knowledge to the table. He's a cybersecurity guru, as, as you guys well know. And then I brought that CPA knowledge. So I was able to bring in those AICPA standards and what do these reports actually need to do? And what do the CPAs need when they're auditing these reports? That's something that a lot of people don't consider is our poor CPAs that are out there. They need to <laughs> follow a lot of standards and everything. And we take that into account at Bite Check. So that was that was something I was really proud of, being able to start this with AJ. And we're going through our challenges of developing a company. And it's so exciting, though. It's challenging, but it's so thrilling. I've never been more busy in my career, but I've never also been more engaged at the same time in my career. Working with AJ has been fantastic. And bringing Bike Check out to the community is something that, like our tagline says, we're trying to make compliance suck less. So in general, we're just trying to make people's lives easier when it comes to both sides of the table, either going through an audit or performing the audit. That is awesome. Making compliance suck less. One of my favorite aspects as a business owner is collaboration and not just any type of collaboration, but collaboration with my co-founder, my co-host, Chris Cochran. We really lean on each other for our strengths and weaknesses. When, when we need something technical done, Chris will lean on me to get it done. And when we need something with the business done, we really lean on Chris and I'm sure you and your co-founder, AJ, have that same type of relationship. It sounds like you have the expertise in audit and compliance, and AJ is that technical expert. But you two started a business during a global pandemic. So I'm sure you had to find other strengths that you've had and also lean on AJ where your weaknesses popped up. Can you talk to us about that? What are some stories that you all dealt with when starting a business at such an interesting time? Yeah, for sure. There's so many little nuances I can go into. I'll just give one right off the bat that popped in my head as you were talking was AJ's leadership. He's fantastic at rallying the troops and making sure that everybody's staying on point and that we're motivated and that everybody's moving in the right direction in the way that we have for the vision of Bike Check. So that's one thing that just is phenomenal working with him. And then on the other side, AJ, rightfully so, hates going through legal documents and hates dealing with accounting and things like that. And and my CPA brain is okay with that. I'm not saying it's the most fun work in the world. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, but I can handle it and I could do that. So like we complement each other in that regard. There's things that that AJ has strengths that I'm not as great at or vice versa. There's things that I'm better at that AJ might not be as good at. So we kind of complement those things. But I think one of the other biggest things I would love to just mention is how good of friends AJ and I are. Like our personalities are really good. We talk about TV shows that we watch and we talk about sports and all that kind of stuff. And we play golf together. So it's we've got a great friendship going too. And I think that's really important when it comes to working with somebody when you're growing a business from nothing, right? Like you're, we're basically building something from the ground up here. So we have to be friends as well. And so we understand the nuances of each other's lives as far as like the family commitments that we have, or it's making sure we, we hold each other accountable that we're staying in shape. So it's, hey man, did you go out and do, go outside and walk the dog today and get some fresh air? Or did you go do your yoga practice today or whatever it is? Just to make sure that we're staying physically and mentally sharp as well as in the business aspect. So it's those type of little things that I think really helps grow a business 
and helps us move forward together. And of course, do we have our challenges? Absolutely. Anybody's going to have challenges. I'm sure, Ron, you and Chris have your challenges too. And you guys are going to argue with each other sometimes. But you know what? It's like, it's almost like being family at that point. You're going to argue with your family, but you're still going to come back to them in the end. You're still going to have relationships with your family, have relationships with your coworkers as well. And that's one of the things I think really sets AJ and I apart as co-founders is that we can maintain a relationship out of the friendships uh, that we have together. That's awesome. When you talk about two people coming together, bringing their strengths and their abilities together to, to form something powerful. When you think about your own personal strength, you think about your own personal superpower. What is that superpower that you have? What is that one thing that you do that seems tough to other people, but is just seemingly effortless for you? And when would you say that superpower really began? This is this is an interesting one. I'll say my ability to work under pressure. Do I want to admit that I procrastinate? Nah, I don't, but I'll say that sometimes I do. But don't tell AJ that. He's not listening. Right. <laughs> um, so, the, but I do work really well under pressure. So when the, the deadlines are coming, when there's a lot to get done, I will cramp down. I will, I will get things done and I'll get it done. very. It's like almost as if my brain focuses and things become clearer for me as I'm starting to work under pressure. And I would say that came from over 10 years, actually even more than that, in public accounting and auditing. As we, I was doing auditing and financial auditing for so long. And from January to April, you are under a crunch to get things done. Because even though I wasn't doing taxes, it still coincides with taxes. So we still had to get our stuff done by April so that the tax folks could do their their work. So you're under a lot of pressure, a lot of deadlines there, and you have to be on point during that pressure time. And I think that has translated into my brain being able to process things quickly when I'm under pressure and understand and focus and have that clarity and figure it out. And that's the one thing I would say that is something that I think I can handle whenever it comes up. And believe me, as you guys know, working in a startup and something that's coming up, you get a lot of those high pressure situations and it just helps to be able to have that clarity. And would you say that began when you were a CPA or did it become be, begin even earlier? Yeah, it definitely, the CPA aspect of it definitely enhanced it, but I would say there's something else too that helped enhance it. And it was my, I, I have a, a fourth degree black belt in Okinawan karate called Weichiru. And I started studying that around the same time, right after I became a, a full-time CPA. And as some of your podcasts have mentioned in the past, you guys are martial arts fans, you've had martial arts people on your podcast. When you're under pressure in a situation either for self-defense or maybe it's a sparring match or something like that, you have to focus and you have to be able to have a clear mind. That's going to be the biggest advantage you can have during a, a, a contest or a fight or whatever you want to call it. And I think that also lends itself into those high pressure situations as well. So that background on the martial arts side really has helped, helped that mentality that I've got in being able to work under pressure. When I think of superpowers, I also think of kryptonite. We had a previous guest on that helped us find our superpowers. And mine is being a creative solution strategist, taking opportunities and ideas and making solutions out of them. But my kryptonite or my core emotional challenge is not having my value understood. When I take these solutions and try to present them to, to someone that is going to help and them not understanding the value. What would you say that you've noticed some of your kryptonite is when you look at your superpower of being able to focus under pressure? 
that's a good question. So I would say the kryptonite would be is similar to what you were talking about, Ron, is that if let's say I've got a great idea that I'm really proud of and I'm, I'm working hard to get it done and I present that to somebody and they're just not seeing it and it's they're 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 almost shutting the door immediately because they're just not quite seeing at the same level I am. I can get frustrated in that regard, but then I have to sit back and say, okay, what are they not seeing that I am? Or on the flip side, did I not see something that they did and I need to revise what I'm doing? So that kryptonite, I try to turn it around into let me either get their point of view or let me try to phrase something a little bit differently or show them something a little bit differently to see if they can get some more clarity on what I'm looking at. So that's the one thing I say would be a, a big challenge. And and as you're under pressure, that it has exponential effect on, on you, right? So if you are working on something really hard and, and all of a sudden somebody's, no, that's not what I, I wanted or no, that doesn't fit what I need. You have to be able to think fast on either, am I going to be able to pivot in this way or this way? Or how am I going to make this work? Again, I look at those challenges as opportunities as well and trying to figure out how do I turn it around and turn it into a positive. Think about it I, again, I come back, there's so many, so many synergies between martial arts and life in general, but I'll put it into context here as well. Think about if you have an attack coming your way, you want to be able to not only block that attack or maybe deflect it even, but then turn that energy around and use it to your advantage when you're fighting your opponent. So it's the same kind of thing. I'm not saying I'm being attacked in, in when I'm having business conversations or anything like that, but let's say it's something that takes me back a little bit. Okay, let me th figure out how I can use that and then get it back to something that I think I can use to my advantage. I'll use a lot of martial arts examples here in this discussion, <laughs> but yeah, that's something I think is relevant. No, that's perfect. And in fact, let's dive a little deeper into your martial arts background. Could you tell us a story where something really impactful happened in martial arts and it's something that has resonated throughout your entire career? Could you tell us a little bit about that story? There's there's a couple stories I can get into, but I'll tell you, before I even get to the work one, this is one of the funniest ones, was when I was getting married to my wife, like a lot of people, I had some I was very nervous, right, when we were getting ready to, to go up in, in front of the church and everything. And what did I end up doing to calm myself down was I did kata <laughs> in, in a tuxedo in the back <laughs> of the church. I was doing kata, but you know what? The breathing and all that helped me calm down. And that's where I think you can also translate kata and, and breathing and all those kinds of things into the business aspect, too, because if you think about it, so many people... Think about all the, the, the podcasts you've listened to or movies even or TV shows that have said when somebody's under pressure, hey, just breathe, just breathe. It's the same thing with the martial arts. Like it's, it's you breathe. That's one of the biggest things in martial arts is your breath. So it comes into you can play that into your life, into business, all those kinds of things. What, what uh, is kata? Yeah. So kata is prearranged practice, right? So you've got a prearranged set of moves that translate into different techniques, whether it be attacks or defense techniques, and they're prescribed in a way that you have to memorize these movements. Various different styles have various levels of kata. Oichiru has eight, and they really kind of, you have to focus on your breath, you have to focus on your movement, and then you can spend years picking apart one kata and different movements and the subtle movements in there. So it's a wonderful learning tool to be able to say, okay, in this movement, what am I doing here? But 
oh, wait a minute, I'm moving my arm, but it actually means something in my legs too. Oh, let me think about that. Yeah, it does. Oh, wait, what do I have to do with my core here? Oh, I got to do something here. So that's kind of what kata can teach you. And when you think about that, actually, that's a great point is you can break a lot of things down in that regard, whether it be in business or personal life, things like that. If there's a challenge in front of you, break it down. What are the little components here? Or let's go back to the example of the getting things done under pressure and things like that. It's more about break it down to what are each step of things that need to be done? How do I figure out how this is actually going to get to completion? Break it down into each step and figure out which components need to get done first, which ones need to get done second. What do I need to focus on when I'm doing this aspect of my task? It's the same thing as kata. So there's a parallel there. And to answer your your original question from a few minutes ago, I would say (laughs) the first time I got smacked in the face, and this was a sparring match, and I was just probably a green belt at that time or something like that. And you get that first hit into the face of, and you're like, it's an awakening moment. And, and you just go, okay, what do I need to do to not let that happen again? And that translated, I think, into a lot of situations at work where maybe you had a, an evaluation that didn't go the way you thought, or a client didn't uh, respond the way that you wanted them to, and they were not happy with something. Okay, so how do you make that not happen again? What do you do to make sure that that isn't something that affects you again going forward. So I think there's a lot of parallels there as well. One of the things that Chris and I both love to do is learn how to learn. We love the idea of meta-learning, taking things like martial arts and applying them to cybersecurity or just our life in general. What would you say is like the other area in your life where you spend a lot of time learning? Is it martial arts? Do you have other areas that you focus on that really hone in and boost your expertise in being a CPA and audit and compliance expert? Yeah. So the one thing I'll say is similar to martial arts, then I'll go in a little bit of a different direction, is I play a lot of golf and I'm still learning golf. That's also something you need to break it down and try try to figure out, okay, what do I need to do with my hip motion? What do I need to do with my core? How do my arms need to go? So you need to break things down in, in that regard when it comes to that practice. But the other thing that I do, I've played a lot of, and I think has a lot of parallels to cybersecurity in particular, is I play a lot of chess. So chess, you really have to think about your movements and your attack patterns and things that you want to do. But at the same time, of course, you have to be thinking of your opponent's attack patterns and what are they going to do? And what are you going to do if they make this move versus this move or and it's hard, but you have to think two, three, four, five. The, the geniuses out there will think 10 moves ahead, but I'm happy if I get two or three moves. But And think about cybersecurity. It's the same thing, right? You've got attackers who are trying to get into various places or try to have some sort of manipulations going on out there. Okay, how do you defend that? Okay, so once you defend that, they're going to try to find something else to go through an attack vector. How do you defend that? So you have to try to think one step ahead all the time, even though, again, it's like a chess match. You can think three steps ahead on your defense. There still might be another attack pattern that you didn't see that you're going to have to then change your defense or change your tactic in the game to be able to figure out how do I minimize this um, error that I had. Let's say I lost I lost a key bishop or something like that in the game. Okay, well, how do I minimize the 
the effect of losing that bishop and how do I maybe take a piece back? It's the same kind of thing in cybersecurity. Okay, so we're going to try to figure out all our defenses, but oh, we got we had a breach here on something we didn't think of. Okay, let's fix that and then minimize and figure out how we can fortify going forward. So there's a lot of parallels there. And there's a lot of parallels in chess with other things too. If you think about business relationships, working with customers, you want to always anticipate what is the customer going to need from us? That not only goes through your sales process, but also through your customer management and customer engagement process. What are they going to need from us? What are what do we need to anticipate so that we're ready when they ask that question? But then guess what? They might ask a question we didn't think of. Okay, how do we address that question and how do we look at the effects of that question to be able to maybe anticipate more questions in the future? So that's something else in my life that I, I've seen a lot of parallels between chess and business. I hope you just realized that you triggered both Ron and myself because we always talk about how cybersecurity professionals are mental athletes with no offseason. We're playing chess every single day against malicious hackers that are trying to do the same thing to us. And also the, the whole chess thing, that's something that I've been deep in for the last two and a half months or so. I, I started with taking classes online, playing bots. Then I started playing people online, entering into tournaments. I have a coach. I'm reading books, doing all these things to immerse myself in this world of chess. And at the beginning of chess, my the beginning of my chess journey is very similar to the, my beginning journey in wrestling and my beginning journey to Brazilian jiu-jitsu it is very uncomfortable because you are going to lose in the beginning over and over again. But that losing is where you learn, but it's very uncomfortable. Would you say the same for you in the beginning? Was it uncomfortable? And how would you relate that to cybersecurity or business? Uh, absolutely. That is, it's repetitions and so many things that you can have that in chess. You can have it in golf too. Think about how when people start out in golf, what their handicap is and how many uh, balls you end up losing in the hazards and things like that. But it's getting those repetitions and getting the practice and practice is essentially on some level losing, right? Like you're trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do better? What do I need to do better? So it, that's in a way it's losing, but I would agree the chess aspect, you're going to lose a ton of games in the beginning and think about it too. That's the way these AI machines learned chess in the beginning. Like they were just learning patterns over and over again until they figured out how to get really good at it. But that's similar in business in regard to specifically when you talk about sales, you're not going to win every engagement that you go and propose on. You're going to have to lose some of those and you're going to have to figure out, okay, why did I lose and what strategy do I need to do going forward? What did the customer not in that regard? Or what can I do better in the way I'm presenting this? Or it's not as simple as pricing all the time, right? There might be something that was lost in the messaging that needs to be considered. When that comes in, I would say that's one of the biggest parts of business. The other thing could be if you lose people, right? You're going to have people as you grow as a business, and some of them might decide to move on to something different. And you have to figure out, okay, it's not always going to be a personal thing. It's just more of they found something else. So how do I what do I need to do to recover from that? And what do we need to do to move forward as a company and keep moving those pieces across the board to to get to your end game? So that's a parallel I can see there when it comes to chess and business in general. And don't even get me started, Chris, on like chess and life in general. <laughs> about that. I've even drawn into my, with my sensei, I'm, I'm like, yeah, sensei, I get it. I get what you're saying. This attack's coming here and this, it's like a chess game. And he just nods and goes, yeah, okay. All right. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, really good. 
I experienced the same thing when I first started learning how to program and how to code. There was so much resistance. I was looking at the screen, trying to understand what is this pattern in front of me telling me? Like there's errors, there's green. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing besides following the book and trusting the process. And I'm sure that is probably the same for you when you're building up this business. You're talking about losing deals, potentially losing people in the future, and just constantly having to learn. What advice would you give for dealing with the suck, dealing with that discomfort? What are some of your tactics and advice that you give? Yeah, there's a lot of different things I would say. I The biggest thing I would say is you've got to... One, you just got to put in the time. It's so many other things in life. Like when I was taking the CPA exam, for example, the CPA exam is a very difficult exam. And yes, you have to know those accounting terms and you have to know how certain concepts work and things like that. But honestly, and I've told this to many people that I've mentored over the years, the CPA exam is a time commitment. It is just you sitting down for, let's say, a month per section and really just putting in the time of getting reading done, doing multiple choice questions over and over again. But you have to ultimately find your own path to get there. Because for me, let's say in my experience, I was not good at reading the books. It just didn't resonate with me. So what did I found? I found videos through you know video teachings that I had to help me pass the CPA exam. I did understand those. I took notes. I wrote those notes over and over again, and then I did multiple choice questions over and over again. So that was something that putting the time in and getting those repetitions, again, think about repetitions from that notes perspective. That's just ingraining it into your brain. So doing that and putting the time in is the biggest thing to me on how you can develop, whether it's taking an exam or growing a business, it's more about just putting the time in. And sometimes there's going to be things that are not overly complex, but you still have to put the time in. Like when I'm growing this business, I was talking about this earlier before we even got on here was sometimes I have to sit and I just have to run payroll. And it's not something I've had to do for a long time, but it's something I got to do and it's putting the time in. So it's all about that time. And, And that's the other thing I would say, there's two things I'll have for your audience to take away here. One, the power of note taking. There is something about putting an actual pen on a piece of paper and writing notes. And if it is, let's say you're trying to take an exam, you write those notes over and over again. You got to be like Bart Simpson on the chalkboard. But there's something about that. There's something about the way our brains are wired when it comes to taking notes and doing that. And it'll help out when it comes to, again, whether it's business or taking an exam, something like that. The other thing I'll say is that you need to find something that you give yourself a mental break with. So whether it is going outside to walk the dog, or maybe it's a five or 10 minute meditation session. Maybe it's doing yoga for 10 or 15 minutes. Maybe it's doing workouts. Maybe it's just going and and watching TV for a couple minutes. I don't know. It's going to depend on each individual person. But you do have to take mental breaks. You can't sit there and go, I'm going to study this for the next six hours because you know what? After the second hour, your brain's not really getting anything anymore. You need to take a break and make sure you find what that break is, what invigorates you, what resets your brain to be able to absorb more information. For me, again, it's I go and I take my dogs on a walk and get outside and get some fresh air. 
or maybe I just take a minute and, and I, I make a cup of tea and I have a cup of tea in the middle of the day and I drink some hot tea. That'll reset me too. Things like that is just something you got to find it for what works for you. And that's, it's find your own path, right? I, I almost, I can give a lot of people suggestions. I've done that over the years through mentoring, but ultimately they have to find their path and what the path is they have to walk. That's great advice for anyone that's trying to do anything great. You've spent your entire life turning your body into a weapon and you've turned your mind into a tool, but now you're putting those tools to use. What is it that you're hoping to impact with Bite Check? What is that, that purpose that drives you every single day? And what is the legacy that you hope to leave behind in Bite Check? It all comes in our tagline, Chris. It is all about, <laughs> yeah, really, I, what drives me is I really, this is something that beyond just Bite Check, I've enjoyed for years in my life is I enjoy helping people. I enjoy teaching people. I enjoy making people's lives better. I think it's just something that motivates me in and out of my career. So with Bite Check, we're trying to make compliance suck less. The whole idea of that is when you break it down is we're trying to make the people's lives on the audit and the auditor side. They want to, we want to make their lives better. What makes this process easier for them to go through rather than having to go through all these complicated checklists or doing these forms and asking all these questions? What can we do to make that process easier for them? How can we use technology to make that process easier for them? That's what drives me in that regard. And also in that regard, I want to help make our people's lives easier. So making sure that our employees are doing the job they need to do, but doing it in a way that's effective and making it easier for them to have conversations with clients, things like that. But then also, if you think about our security side, we want to make people's lives easier because we've developed something we feel that helps enhance people's security as well. So that makes their lives suck less because maybe they don't have to worry about every single security little thing that's out there. Obviously, like I talked about before, there's other vectors that you have to think of that maybe uh, aren't covered all the time, or, or maybe there's something new and attack vector that's out there that you need to think about. But imagine if you can set aside 75% of that because you're using something that helps you get that security peace of mind that you need. So again, it's all about making people's lives better and making people's lives more enhanced because let's face it, we all want to have weekends, right? We all want to enjoy ourselves. So it's about helping people out in that regard. That's what really has motivated me throughout my career, throughout the people I've mentored, throughout the clients I've served, and now working with AJ and, all, and the rest of the folks at Bite Check that we have. It's all about just having this effort that we all feel very proud of, and then also making people's lives better. Working with good people and helping your community, you can't do any better than that. Jeff, one thing I wanted to ask you is, you've done a great job at pulling from your experiences and applying it to business and cybersecurity. There's someone listening right now that has a wealth of experience behind them, but they're about to journey into that unknown and start a business or enter a new position. What piece of advice would you have for them to be able to pull from that experience and move forward? The one thing I'll say is if you're starting a new business, don't underestimate the power of legal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lawyers are expensive, but man, can they pay off in the long run. But that aside though, I would say you have to, it's almost that old cliche of expect the unexpected, right? There's things like you can have a plan in place, and I think it's important to have a plan in place, but you also need to anticipate that 
there's going to be things that you did not think of that are going to come up and you got to have the time to be able to deal with those. So if you're saying like, I'm going to do a 60 or 70 or 80 hour week and I'm going to work on these things, guess what? There's going to be stuff that comes up during that week that's going to add an additional 10 hours. So now are you going to be working 90 hours or do you need to just reprioritize? So maybe set some time in your schedule aside where you've got things that come up and you can address them without having to then stress yourself out to this crazy hour week that is just going to, in the end, wear down and not be great for mental states and things like that. You got to keep a, a clear head. That's going to be the biggest thing when you're going through. I don't care if you're opening a new business. I don't care if you're doing a new job. I don't care what it is. Your mental state is going to be the most important thing that you have. Again, it comes back to making sure you have those breaks. Make sure that you are anticipating things that might you might not have thought of in the beginning. Whatever it is, or maybe you do need to have a written down schedule. Maybe that's what helps you. But just making sure that you keep your head clear and that you're always focused on what needs to be. And don't let yourself get too stressed out because stress is a, a very weird thing when it comes to both mind and body. And you don't want to let stress take you over. You want to be able to handle it. And don't be afraid of stress. Stress happens to everybody. That happens to me, to you guys, to everybody that's listening to this. But to be able to channel it and to be able to overcome it, that's what's going to be able to help you move forward in your career. Incredible, Jeff. Thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the mics with us. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you, with all the great things you're doing with Bite Check, what are the best ways that people can do that? Absolutely. On LinkedIn, we've got a lot of content when it comes to Bite Check, when it comes to me and AJ. Definitely follow us on LinkedIn for sure. We're also going to be getting all of our Twitter accounts up soon, so you'll have to look for us on Twitter in the, in the future. But I would say LinkedIn is going to be the biggest way. We put everything out there. All of our content is free. No, we don't have any gateways on it, things like that. And, and we're going to also be, anytime we're speaking somewhere, or if we're going to be on TV or, or radio or podcast or whatever it is, it's going to be up there. So definitely follow us on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. We'll be sure to drop that into the show notes. You've said it, Chris and I have said it, make compliance suck less. We will see everyone next time. Thanks, guys. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee. Thank you.